0: <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Trash Mobcast. It's a video game podcast with your friends. I am Brandon the Bard, and tonight I am joined by my friends, John and Heather. Hello, folks.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: Lots of video gamey things happened, but before that, how are you guys? You doing good?
2: Yeah. I had my head buried in a Magic Card set for almost the last two weeks. I am shocked. This is pretty bad. Which set? Uh, Kamigawa Neon, Neon Dynasty. So it's a new set that just came out. Yeah. And uh, I basically threw away my entire life into it and uh, spent way too much money.
0: Mm. It was great. The life I'm very excited. of a fan of Magic the Gathering.
2: Always broke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can, I can identify uh, maybe. Is there anything that I, that I consistently dump money at? other than all the time finding weird little rabbit holes to dump money in as I look behind me. And there's like at least a $600 bar behind me of just the booze itself. Um, there's a bunch of star Wars. To- okay. Yeah. I, f- I feel you. Maybe just this room that I'm in decorating. Uh, I sink money in, but I can't think of anything like that. It's like a singular focus. I like to think
2: of my magic cards as like a. An- a useless investment account that will never be sold and never be worth anything.
0: Action figure collection is like that too, I guess.
1: I buy anime statues. <laughs> I've cut, I've cut back on that a lot. Cause I, I just don't have space for it. So I'm like, I, I will only buy ones that I eh, like a character. I absolutely must have. And I, I just bought the Magnum from monster Hunter. I feel like after I talked to Brittany, she was like,
2: Heather could have anime statues for the rest of her life.
1: <laughs> oh, I just don't have room to really display more of them, so I've I've like super cut back on how how many I buy.
0: I'm definitely running out of space in here. The I had to like hang new shelves so I could hang up Cloud Sephiroth and Aerith when they got here. But...
2: I have a lot of room. I have this whole shelf behind me that I was putting One Piece figurines on, and my goal was to get. Every character they've ever had available as a a figure on that shelf of all the One Piece characters, which there's a gazillion of them. And Boxer decided that he doesn't like One Piece and he started knocking them all off the shelf.
0: Boxer prefers Western animation.
2: The thing is, as Heather knows, those figurines are not delicate. But if they get knocked over a lot of times, they do not do well. No. Now I just have the figurines that will survive a fall, and that's it. Everything else got boxed up. (laughs) That's All of my beautiful Gundams that I had commissioned, painted, and built, put away as well, because Boxer kept knocking them down
1: get a glass display case you can get a pretty affordable one from i think it's like the death or whatever from ikea like that's what a lot of people that collect the really nice anime statues do and you can put like led lighting it in it it's too tall
2: so i want like if i was to get anything i would like to get something that's as short as this cabinet sorry podcast listeners it's like a uh, shorter cabinet
0: don't people hang Gundams though isn't that the thing with Gundams is you hang them from like the like, ceiling from like the ceiling yeah
2: I've seen people do that I would fucking never do that that seems like a bad well, you idea use, like,
0: that seems like a like uh, like fishing line which is extra stupid strong
2: I know but you're gonna get that one dude who comes into like your office or whatever and they're like yo man what's up Hi- <laughs> you, like, destroy your- just
0: a thousand pieces yeah I don't know no one comes to my house it's like a it's like a secret cave so no one is ever here so like yeah i guess i've never really had that problem and my my daughter's afraid of this room so
2: i'll do something stupid i'll like get up and like i don't know start moshing and just destroy everything (laughs) in my
0: office a A spontaneous office mosh is such a fun visual (laughs) you just destroy your own space um okay so yeah there was a lot of video game stuff if uh we've got all that stuff out of the way uh a lot of video game stuff we had a nintendo direct i believe it was kind of a surprise is is that true like i I feel like it came out of nowhere
1: yeah they they announced it like i think it was like the day or two before and i was like excuse me where did this come from i only found out because people were making like random shit trend and i was like they were like Xenoblade 3 was one of the rumors which as as we saw it did happened and i think like people were like whenever switch pro trends i'm like oh i see nintendo must be doing something and people have weird expectations
0: it's funny all my nintendo news i it is always broken by your twitter account like every time I, I, <laughs> before I see anything from Nintendo, uh, because like I've, I, I was following Nintendo on YouTube for a while uh, just because like, you know, all the other ones I have just so if anything breaks, I'll see it right away. But I had to stop because Nintendo's YouTube is like every five seconds. I feel like it uploads some weird shit. Um, so I, I, I unfollowed them on YouTube. So now you're the first uh, Nintendo source that I see usually.
1: Well, I, I try to be on the, the pulse of Nintendo news. If, it, if it's like a franchise I care about, like Retro Studios just updated their Twitter banner with like Samus. And I was like, oh my God, it's happening. Are we going to finally get Prime 4 news soon, please?
2: The um, I got to tell you about that banner update. Like, I think that it's fun to see people like speculating, but like, holy shit. They updated their banner and people are digging into that banner. <laughs> so I've seen whole like paragraph articles written by people about the banner that they posted on their Twitter account. Like I've changed my banner like 15 times. Where's my two page articles on why I changed my banner. (laughs) Like, you know, it just seems like such a weird thing. It's like the Phil Spencer, like his background, like every single time he has a uh, announcement or something, everyone scans the background to try and figure out what thing Microsoft's doing later.
1: They're like, oh, my God, Phil Spencer has a Sekiro collector's edition behind him. Clearly, Microsoft is going to buy FromSoft. Oh, wait, technically. Does Microsoft own Sekiro? They own the publishing rights. FromSoft still has the actual rights. Well,
2: because Sekiro is technically a sequel to the Tenchu series, correct?
1: No, like, it started as one, but they, they made it yeah. its own thing, and Act, but Activision published it, so um, mm-hmm. they, they have the publishing rights, but FromSoft still has the actual rights, which is actually surprising, because FromSoft much doesn't like, have the rights to Dark Souls anymore.
0: Much like Destiny and Sony, which we will get into later.
2: Wait, they don't? Hmm. I didn't know that. They, they don't
1: has Dark Souls, oh, Sony has Demon Souls, but From I think Sekiro is the actual, oh, the only thing that uh, FromSoft has the rights to. What about Bloodborne? Sony, and it used to be Japan Studio, but those that's gone. So I think Sony Man. has the rights to Bloodborne.
2: Wow, that's pretty lame for for From Software. But I guess they don't really care because they're probably never going to go back to those franchises. Because no. they're just going to go with Elden Ring and then whatever else they do afterwards.
0: It'd be nice to see them sit on something for a while, like they did with, uh, like they do with Dark Souls, kind of like to have something else catch fire that huge. Well, I mean, because the, the side stuff it seems to be people's favorite. Everyone likes Sekiro more, and everyone likes uh, Bloodborne. It's like everyone's who's like a diehard Soulsborne person. So that's their those are like their favorite ones. So it's weird that those other ones didn't blow up, but Dark Souls does.
2: I was just gonna say my favorite one was Dark Souls one, and I've I've kind of bounced off all the rest of them. Bloodborne's my favorite.
0: Yeah, like I don't know you as a diehard like Soulsborne fan though, whereas Heather Bloodborne.
2: Uh, you know, Demon Souls and Dark Souls, I was like super into those games. And then like I think it's just because like I got my fill yeah. of what those are. And then afterwards it's sort of like I got like kind of to- I don't know. I'm not that good at them. So like Bloodborne like beat the shit out of me. Right. And like I got to the Bloodstarved Beast and that thing just put my head against a wall and smashed it in a lot. (laughs) And I was like, this is rough. Well, I mean, I I eventually beat it, got further. And then I was like, I don't know if I like this game as much.
1: Wait, my advice for Bloodstarved Beast for everyone out there is literally 100% of his attacks can be dodged. But if you just go to the left and the only thing you have to worry about really is the poison outside of that.
0: And,
2: oh, yeah. I, I beat him. I beat the tree guy, too, and, like, uh, some other... Like, again, it's not a bad game. I was just... I was bad at it, and then I just didn't want to put the time in to get better.
0: Well, infamously, I gave Bloodborne, uh, like, 45 minutes before I tapped out because I didn't know what I was playing. So, I totally understand.
1: <laughs> you, you, um, got, you, gotta, you gotta run past the, the fucking bonfire. Every, everyone makes that mistake when they... Like, even I made that mistake in Satchel Yarnum. Like, I... I thought I had to fight everything, but really, you just have to gun it to the bloods, not to the cleric beast. And um, once you get that free insight, you can suddenly level, and then then you can actually go back and fight things. But a lot of people waste their time in that first, like first, like bonfire area right in central Yarnum, and then they rage quit.
0: Yep, that was me. Hi, it's <laughs> me. Uh, I'm in this picture, and I don't like it. Um, it's funny. I was scrolling because like I figured the best notes that I could find for the Nintendo Direct were the ones we were cuz this is like the first what like one of these events that I think we were talking to each other in real time. Uh which is kind of yeah. neat. So like I can actually scroll back and the uh, I it starts right at this giant fucking burrito that you got from uh Sheets <laughs> from this uh chicken Caesar wrap. Uh but Yeah, that's right around uh the time we started talking about it. And uh, the first question I asked was, is this direct hype for Nintendo people? Uh, Which uh, you answered, obviously, so far for me, yes. So like, um, yeah, so we can kind of start off. Looks like um, Fire Emblem, the Advanced Wars remake, and Front Mission. I'm
2: pretty stoked about that. Uh, The Advanced Wars thing, like they keep showing things about it here and there. And every single time they show it, I'm like, not sure if I should be excited, but finally seeing it, like, really in action on this trailer made me excited again. Like, the fact that it's fully voice acted, and, and like, there's a lot of, like, uh, like the, the animation looks really cool. So, I was excited about that.
1: I think, like, I, I said it on Twitter, but... I think younger Nintendo fans might not have gotten a whole lot out of the Direct unless they really liked the Kirby memes, but for (laughs) us people in our 30s that grew up with JRPGs, my mind was fucking like blown by that Direct scene that we're actually getting, I think it's like Live Alive, I think is how it's pronounced, like that never came. That, that never came to america so seeing it actually come out here was super exciting seeing chrono cross and klonoa back i was like oh my god i'm dying I, I don't have enough time to play all these games they're bringing all these like amazing like jrpgs back and giving us my boy klonoa i'm so excited
0: good thing nintendo games go on sale so often so you'd be able to pick something up and play it later whenever you got the time
2: oh yeah they really go on sale all the time <laughs> Uh, I will say JRPGs are sort of like having another renaissance of like people are just buying them. They don't even give a shit if they're good or not. Like, realistically, there are a lot of good JRPGs, but we like, as you're seeing, like Atlas is like putting every JRPG they can on PC and everything they can. Uh, Square Enix is doing the same thing. Like, I think Live Alive is literally coming because the 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 want for these games is so incredibly huge there's no that they're not going to lose money on this even if it didn't sell well not selling well is still like a huge success to them
1: i i appreciate that square also realizes people like pixel games like because we're seeing stuff like Live Alive, the remaster is done in the style of Octopath Traveler, and we're getting the new um, Pixel Perfect remasters of the first Six Final Fantasy games. And which, by the way, Six comes out this month. I am very excited because Six is one of my favorites, and it looks beautiful aside from the hideous font.
2: Now, when, it, when, they, when they say Pixel Perfect, is it like literally meaning like it's exactly to what was released on the original consoles, or are they remastering it at all?
1: it's i think they've basically redone all the pixel art but it it looks very nice um i think the only thing that doesn't look super amazing in these remasters is i'm not super thrilled with the how flat the main character sprites are but like the background sprites and the boss sprites look really good and from what i saw they actually put a little more effort into the 6 remake um it looks like they've done like kind of what they did for um octopath traveler and stuff that they did the pixel 3d part for some of the bigger scenes like um like the really famous opera scene has like actual 3d in it now from what i saw oh i love that
0: um that game did look pretty cool from someone who's certainly never gonna play uh live Alive, i'm never gonna play it but it did look really neat um and I'm excited to see things like that, that they're able to revive, not, not revive, but bring to the Western market that they never were able to before. So that's, that's you neat know. that there's a place for that.
1: We'd also gotten, I think it's Saiken, Saiken Detsetsu 3 for the first time it came out over here as Trials of Mana. Like that, that never came out in America, but recently they square like remade it and they also made the original available in America for the first time. I think it was like a year or two ago, which is really cool. Hell yeah. It's the third le- le- uh, Secret of Mana.
0: Gotcha.
2: I want
1: them to do that with Breath of Fire. That would be so cool.
0: Especially
2: Please. like Breath of Fire 3 and 4.
1: I want those so bad. I, I love the art for them so much.
2: Yeah, Breath of Fire 4 is probably one of the best pixel art games I've ever seen. Like, it's insane.
1: So beautiful.
0: Um, they also showed some Mario Strikers which looked kind of... Yeah, they
1: have an armor
2: system?
0: Yeah, it looked kind of fucking fun for someone who doesn't give a shit about Mario. Like, uh, that, that game looked nice, and it looked like it ran well on the Switch. They
2: always run incredibly well. Yeah. Like, Strikers, I would say Strikers is probably one of their most, like... That is, like, a underrated series. Uh, when I worked at GameStop, I sold more copies of Mario Strikers than you could possibly ever think. I never had that game in stock. People always wanted it all the time. And it was always weird that they never really released it that often. Uh, same with Mario 3-on-3 3 3 Hoops. Hmm. I remember working at a Japanese import store and we were selling copies of Mario 3-on-3 3 3 Hoops, Japanese import, because people wanted to play it so badly.
0: Interesting. Yeah, people like the Mario sports games, like, uh, like Mario Golf uh, especially on like the Game Boys and shit, people really like that. Um,
2: yeah, but I just think that like I think Mario Strikers is like a dark horse for Nintendo. and They just don't talk about it, but it sells really well and very consistently. So I'm I'm shocked there are really so few of them. Yeah. Also, there's like clubs built into this one, so you can literally like have your soccer club yeah. and play online. Like they have like features that FIFA has in Mario Strikers. It's Super cool.
0: I have no idea how they're gonna pull it off on Nintendo. It's so weird.
2: Oh, it'll be bad. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's true. It's cool that they're doing it.
1: You know, Nintendo sucks at online. It's gonna be a disaster, but I guess you don't really need like amazing net code for a soccer game like you would like a fighting game. Everyone's just used to the Nintendo's online
2: being crap as it is. So what does it even matter? Like you're you're going in and expecting it to work like shit. So if if you're on the Switch. And you're like, I'm going on here for a great internet experience. Okay. Yeah. Don't lie to yourself. You know it's going <laughs> to suck. That's fine. <laughs> just, just understand that and you'll be good.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, we already mentioned briefly that they're doing Chrono Cross, but they are doing Chrono Cross, which is cool. I, I actually played that one back in the day.
2: I think the opening song for Chrono Cross is the coolest shit on the planet. And then I think the rest of the game is not that great.
1: That's my <laughs> oh. opinion. I listened to that theme song probably a hundred times. John, you can get a official music box with that song in it. That was exclusive to Japan, but square is releasing it for North America now Ooh. to celebrate the remaster coming out. So you can get like a is little, it like,
2: is it $900 on the square Enix store and it's only no. available for 15 minutes?
1: It's like $18. And the oh, shipping I think shocking. is weirdly high because I think they're importing it from Japan. Cause like one of my friends that collects like the near music boxes bought the Chrono Cross one. Ooh. And cause I, I, I was asking him how the shipping was. I was like, cause usually their shipping is like $20 for no reason. He was like, the shipping costs more than the, than the music box. And I was like, what the fuck square, please.
2: Well, wow. That's amazing. That's like me buying magic cards. I'll buy like 50 cents worth of magic cards and it costs $6 shipping. I'm like, well, I guess this is my life.
0: <laughs> uh, do you want to go off about SD Gundam for a bit? Uh, because they announced that as well.
2: I, I hate, those games a lot i i genuinely don't care about sd i think sd sd is absolutely a child's brand of i don't care you can fight me about this i don't give a shit the sd gundam stuff is for kids that's what it was made for i don't care if you're an adult and you like sd gundam that's fine you like teletubbies too probably but whatever i don't give a shit they should give me a new Gundam Breaker, full of God, or Dynasty Warriors Gundam, or any other Gundam franchise they have, or like, you know what, Gundam Zionic Front too. Like that game was super cool and I love it, but I never got a sequel to that. There's all these other strategy games coming out. Why can't I get my Gundam uh,
0: thing? Do you want them to no. put like a super awesome, like badass Gundam game on the Switch so you'd actually be forced I don't to care.
1: play? It? They
2: could do Super Robot Wars.
0: Yeah.
1: Super Robot Wars is awesome. But we're getting Front Mission one and two. So you'll have a robot strategy oh, game God, on there. No,
2: I don't care about Front Mission. I've never <laughs> liked <laughs> Front Mission games. I don't know why. Like, I actually was saying this to my wife uh that I like genuinely missed out on Front Mission my whole life and just never cared about it. Hmm. And it just never caught on to me at all. Like, it, I probably would love it if I played it, but I just have zero reason to play it. I probably won't play it. But I. I'll just be mad that they decided to bring out a new Gundam game. And they were like, Oh, we could have literally made anything. And we made this fucking SD Gundam. It's literally SD Gundam breaker. And it's like, Oh great. You're giving me the game I want, but in a shitty shell, you
0: bastards.'" (laughs) Uh, Speaking of lame. questionable things, Kirby's mouthful mode. Uh, I, love it. Uh, I the, love it on the on the page. Uh, Heather just says, "I don't like this." <laughs> and it's, it's Kirby horrible. Kirby in mouthful mode, like voring a car that it can uh, then drive. Uh, I fucking I really really like looking at this, <laughs> this Kirby all <laughs> stretched out over a car. is very fun to me. They just had so many options of
2: things that they could do. And they were like, this is what we're going to do. Like, like someone in a Nintendo was like, yo, I got an idea. What happens if Kirby just puts his mouth around something and can't swallow it? I mean, Kirby. Golden idea. Holy
0: shit. Something Kirby can't swallow. Did Kirby ever eat anything that was bigger than him before?
1: Yeah, he's in like bosses and stuff. That's and what I was trying
0: I, to remember, if Kirby ate the big bosses or not.
2: Well, you could just
1: Google it and it'll
2: show you everything Kirby could eat. No. No, I'm not going to
0: Google <laughs> no. that.
1: But there was like this giant like snake boss in one of the games that he ate that was like 10 miles wide and like apparently a car is too much.
2: Kirby is getting up there in age, so, you know, their capacity for things is getting a little bit questionable. Not
0: quite as stretchy anymore. Well, not, not, not quite as Mr. Fantastic, like, uh, you know, the Molecular. Kirby's trying
2: role. to watch their weight, you know, going low-calorie on this game.
0: I see.
1: I was, I was excited that he's, like, in the world of, like, near Automata. I, was, I thought that was pretty neat. <laughs> like, that's basically what it looks like.
0: Yeah, it's a super interesting-looking game. It was like post-apocalyptic Mario
1: uh, Odyssey.
0: I think I might actually pick this one up and play it. I haven't played a Kirby game since like the, you know, what is it? Super Nintendo. But yeah, I might, I might give this one a roll. It seems like a lot of fun. And I could probably throw my kid at it and she'd probably have fun.
2: Kirby falls under the same category for me as Metroid does. If it's a 2D game, I'll play it. If it's a 3D game, I won't.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Um, uh, let's see what else, can, uh, MLB looked like garbage, <laughs> but, uh, it's there I, for some oh, people. I love
2: it. That commercial was fucking awesome though. Yeah. It was just a huge train wreck. I was like, man, first off, this is definitely a commercial for Japanese, uh, fans of baseball. Yes. Yeah. Who the fuck are these two dudes? Like, <laughs>
0: oh yeah. <laughs> Very specific. Like, yeah. Um, also like
2: the character I definitely think is a mascot in Japan. Like I think oh, that whole yeah. thing was like a Japanese baseball team and their mascot.
0: Right. There's a bunch more stuff. I'm just going to kind of lightning around through some of their, some of the, boop, boop. I'm going to lightning around through some more of the announcements here. Uh, portal two was announced, which or, I think portal one and two maybe was announced. Yes. Is it a yeah. a
2: I want to see how fast that shit gets broken. Cause everyone breaks portal.
0: It's so good. I love portal. Me and uh stray Highlander. M- m- good friend. Uh, uh, he was gifted portal two for a birthday one year uh, by his uh, future wife. And we sat there essentially ignoring her all night until we beat the game. And she was so pissed that she bought it for him, <laughs> but we got it done. Uh, and uh, you know, but I, I have a lot of fun and good memories with portal two. Um, let's see.
2: Portal two almost uh, made Brittany and I kill each other. So <laughs>
0: I, I bet. <laughs> I, like, I
2: jokingly said to her, I was like, Oh, we should get portal two and play it together. And she's like, no, uh, i won't even i won't even consider it i'm like but why it's so much fun It's like it's not fun you're an asshole <laughs> uh
0: it looks like uh judging by our text like our little group thingy uh we were all the most excited well, it, me and john uh very excited about uh switch sports the spiritual successor to Wii sports
2: Oh yeah, I hope my Wii remotes can work for it because at least those will work better than the Switch Joy Cons.
0: Yeah, actually, I think probably they would uh, because they were. They definitely
2: won't because those fucking motherfuckers won't give me any sort of joy in this world. No, I mean,
0: I mean, technically, I think they would be better, like more effective motion controllers than the Joy Cons would be because that's kind of like I feel like for the Joy Cons, it's like a bit of an afterthought. Um.
2: Oh no, they definitely made them with the intention of them to be waggled around like stupid pieces of shit. But they suck ass, and they their tracking is terrible, and they'll definitely be bad. Yeah, and they'll float, and they'll do other dumb shit that Nintendo was like, "Oh, well, we didn't know, guys, sorry."
0: I wonder if they're gonna sorry. come out with like a like a specific peripheral that has better like tracking and stuff for that, because that, I could see that actually taking off. The Joy-Con Plus, pretty much, oh. like or like a like if they release like. What are they, like a Wiimote, like a, like specifically for that game. Uh, I think, you know what, if
2: they did that, I think the switch would be the first console to have the most amount of official weird ass peripherals ever created.
0: Maybe. I, I mean, know. I don't know. I the nin- Wii. Yeah. There was a time where like a bunch of games were like, just think like rock band and shit. Uh, the Wii itself has the little balancing board,
2: but I'm saying the Nintendo switch already has a whole bunch of them
0: yeah like they've, they've got the have ring the ring
2: fit they've got the n sixty four controller the n e s controller the sega controller the uh what else do they have like they have the pro controller they have the joy cons <gasps> the like, drums for Tycho drum yeah Rester. the drums don't worry and these are all nintendo official yeah that's what I'm talking about i'm not talking about third party like rock band Aww. guitars technically are like harmonics yeah. and uh red octane or mad cats like these are all like made by nintendo
0: mad cats i have so many memories of fucking shitty janky mad cats controllers back in the day
2: i have very fond memories of mad cats
0: (laughs) i had bad experiences um well don't buy their rock candy
2: controllers those things are fucking trash that's true xenoblade
1: that was a thing do people even like xenoblade i i haven't played the first one but i played uh chronicles x which is like the only game left that hasn't been moved from the wii u and uh chronicles 2 was really fun i'm very excited about chronicles 3. so is chronicles
2: x the 10th game in the series?
1: no like i i don't know what they were doing with that one i don't know why it's named like that i guess it's because it's just drastically different from the other ones so it's kind of its own yeah. thing and there's robots and stuff, but I I don't know why it's named like that. And it, it's forever stuck on the Wii U, I think.
2: Well, I uh, I think that I remember when the, that game first got announced on the Wii U and it looked like it looked like an Xbox One game. And you were like, oh, shit, this looks awesome. And then they were like, uh, it kind of doesn't look like that. I'm sorry, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a Wii U. It did its best.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping they remaster all of those for the Switch, just so you get all of them in one shot.
1: They remastered did they do one. Them?
2: Yeah, they did one. But they should do Chronicles, especially since they're shutting the fucking store off.
1: Yeah, I have. When we get there, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're definitely yeah, going
2: gonna... to. Have, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about that and a couple other things, too, because there's something else that uh, we didn't talk about before that I re- in, our, in our post-podcast uh, session. That's very much in this same thing. And I'm like fucking pissed about it. All
0: right. We'll get to it. Uh, but for now, let's keep praising Nintendo. Uh, $25 for 48 <laughs> courses of uh, Mario Kart.
2: Yeah. They that's all look insane. like dog shit. Mm. They graphically do not look very good comparatively to what Mario Kart 8 looks like. So these are definitely like direct ports or like minor upscaling of uh, tracks. Like, oh, sorry. Here you go, guys. This is, a, this is good enough.
0: <laughs> Nintendo, the good enough company. Uh,
2: I think my thought process on this is, is that they did this specifically to push out Mario, the next Mario Kart 9. I think that they, they're releasing these tracks as a way to push the Mario Kart fans out a little bit longer so they have more development time because COVID messed up all their development Also schedules. more development money, obviously. Oh, well, that's always the case.
0: For sure. Uh, you guys want to go off about, the, uh, about Mother for a minute?
1: Sure. I don't um, I don't care
2: about Mother, but please have
1: it. <laughs> I'm the only one. Uh, well, they, they actually, for the first time in like 10 years, they actually had the tiniest glimmer of hope that they would announce Mother 3, which was honestly kind of unrealistic because there's still no Game Boy Advance support, which makes me upset. But, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that, like... Uh, especially since, like, stuff like Undertale and other, like, indie stuff that was inspired by Earthbound and Mother One has gotten really big in recent years. I'm excited that um, younger fans will have the chance to, like, visit the game finally. Like, Earthbound's actually one of my favorite games ever. Like, and I'm I'm, I'm not one of those people that, like, hasn't actually played the game. Like, I actually got it when it came out. I, I used to have, like, the giant box... Like I, I don't have the box anymore, but I still have my old smelly strategy guide that has the, the <laughs> scented stickers that came with the game. Wow. Like, I think it was like a fun. $90 game on the Super Nintendo, but I got it when I, I think it was like third grade when it came out, and I think I beat it every day, like across the summer, because I would use like the Game Genie just so I could like rapid fire play through it like, <laughs> over and over again when I was a kid.
0: That's awesome.
2: I remember when I was a little kid, I saw Earthbound and we had it any a super NES I had access to one because my friend had one and I played his played games at his house all the time. And I remember seeing Earthbound with the guide on a shelf at like our our grocery store had like a rental store in it. And they had it for sale for a hundred dollars for everything in a sealed box. And I was so excited I really wanted it. My parents were like, no, we're not buying it. It's too expensive. And I'm like, man, if I had bought that, oh my God. I did buy a copy of Earthbound for 25 cents in a in a bin once
1: oh great. my god you can't do that anymore <laughs> uh brittany Definitely gets really not. mad
2: at me all the time because i bought it for 25 cents and then i gave it away to a friend of mine who's super passionate about earthbound and i gave it to them and Brittany was like i could have had that john you bastard I'm like
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna my, do huh?
1: my video game my video game white whale that got away from me is like i i used to have the original light. Like, my my childhood copy of Chrono Trigger on the Super Nintendo and I let someone borrow it in middle school and I think they like moved away or something and I never got it back so it's like now oh, I, no. I I have like the DS port but like it's not the same and I'll, I'll never get to have it on Super Nintendo again but it, it, it's whatever but it's worth so much now. That does. I suck. asked
2: Brittany about that because I was like, "Oh, I really want to play Chrono Trigger." I was like, "Brittany, do we have it on Super NES?" And she's like, "Oh no, I sold it a long time ago." And I was like, "All right, I'll oh grab a God. copy on eBay." And then I was no. like, "Never mind, I won't buy a copy on eBay because holy shit, it's so expensive."
1: Yeah, just just get it get it on Steam now. It's like they the Steam cop version was shit at at the start, but they fixed it after everyone complained. So. Just, just get it
0: on Steam. That is an excellent segue right. from us being sort of excited about the future of Nintendo to be us being angry as hell about the future of Nintendo uh, with their closing more digital storefronts for the 3DS and the Wii U. Um, yeah. Well, at least so the positive thing out of this is that you will still be able to
2: download your assets. So they're not completely shutting the stores down. They're shutting them down for purchasing. So you won't be able to buy anything. So they're turning off the payment processors for them. Uh, I think it's specifically to save money on doing payment processing for those machines. Uh, So the servers will still be up and online. Uh, But I'll tell you right now, as someone who uh, used to play in the space of piracy on the 3DS, uh, they've pirated that stuff so well that you can literally have a pirate eShop that you can go into and just download the games from the pirated eShop as if you owned it as a 3D app. It's insane.
0: Wow.
1: The thing that upsets me about this whole thing is now if you're if you're a Nintendo fan and you love like Zelda and Mario, you'll never have to worry about not being able to buy your favorite game. But if you like stuff like Fire Emblem or Metroid, or if you like more like obscure shit even outside of like just like Nintendo like first or third party stuff, um, you're kind of fucked. And like the yeah. Wii U and 3DS actually saw an increase in sales of the old Metroid games when Metroid Dread came out. And that's because like, that was the only way that you could legally buy those games. So now Nintendo's basically like, please pirate our old games because we're not gonna let you get a hold of the old Metroids besides like Metroid 1 and like um, Super Metroid. Like, or, or heaven forbid you wanna play the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblems or you wanna play like Path of Radiance, which is the GameCube game that's worth about $300 on eBay now. They never re-released that. So it, it just makes me mad that, like, Nintendo's basically, like, fuck you if you're a fan of the franchises that aren't, like, Mario and Zelda. Like, you, you basically have to pirate unless you want to spend, like, $300 on eBay.
0: That's the thing that makes me the most mad is that because these aren't available digitally, uh, the only way to get them is from, like, the biggest shitlord assholes on the internet that are selling everything at, you know, 2,000% the market value of what the thing is. Very frustrating. It shouldn't be scarce. Like there is the, we have the resources and the availability, like the ability to make things not scarce and they're creating false scarcity by just shutting down this bullshit. I hate it. Well, the thing is that there's,
2: so the, the thing is that they, there's work that needs to be done. If they want to port them to the switch, they have to do a lot of work for 3ds titles and Wii U because they, they utilize dual screens. So they have to do some implementation to change those over to make them so they no longer use that gimmick anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I understand where there's a struggle to port content because obviously they can't, but there are other things like what Heather was saying with like the, the Metroid prime trilogy, which I know I've heard rumors that that's actually an HD remaster's already done for the switch. And they're just sitting on it, waiting for Metroid four to be like ready. And then they're going to release the prime trilogy. Uh, but the other games, they should just port those. Like, any game that doesn't require, like, a massive overhaul because of the two-screen inf- implementation should just get ported over, even maybe as their premier service, uh, Nintendo Plus or whatever the hell it's called. uh, They should just put those games on there. Like, yeah. those games have been on their their services for a long time, uh, and it should just be available. Like, something that really is a, a big thing to me is that I passed up on a lot of the Shin Megami Tensei games for... Uh, 3DS only because either I traded them in at some point or I just didn't buy them because I was like, oh, I'll pick them up digital. Now it's like my fucking hand is behind my back and they're wrenching my arm mm-hmm. saying, well, you either buy them now or you never get them. Because yep. the price of those games has been going up almost monthly on eBay. Like, I bid on a copy of a uh, Strange Journey and I got it for like 60 bucks and then the month after that it was $90
0: jesus christ um one thing i did want to mention before we we blow past it and i forget uh with the with there being deadlines on on all this stuff uh there's the the stores are shutting down in late march 2023 uh which obviously we got a little bit of time but um, the other deadline that is like super important is as of may 23rd 2022 so right around the fucking corner uh is the cutoff for using a credit card to add funds to your account through the wii u or 3ds eShop, uh which is like sort of important <laughs> to know because you know you might think that you'd be able to do this shit but if you can't add funds you know that's how some people do this thing uh and then yeah August- well, that's how
2: they're gonna they're gonna kill the markets so yeah they're gonna make it so you can only buy them in a convenient way on your own convenience or you're gonna have to go fu- like here's the thing They're not going to be replacing eShop cards. They're not printing eShop cards anymore. No. Amazon will probably shut down their digital eShop merchant. And it's probably just going to be whatever eShop cards still exist. Yeah. And so they're giving you like whatever a year to burn your eShop credit. And that's it. Like people who have money on their eShops, they're basically saying buy your shit now or you'll lose your money.
0: Which I think that sucks.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, talking about Japanese companies and being shitty about digital content, uh, there's uh, Shueisha and a couple other uh, uh, Japanese companies are attacking um, like scan sites for comics and manga, mm-hmm. and they've been uh, they've been like suing them all uh, for like a million dollars per uh, title that's on your website. Oh my god. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, But the thing is, though, is that part of the complaint that a lot of these people have is that, first off, so, like, for me, for One Piece, uh, the scans for One Piece come out almost a week before it officially comes out. Uh, They print the manga, and that comes out sooner than the digital versions. And realistically, they have all that stuff ready there's just i don't know i feel like they could easily crush scan sites just by producing the content that the people want like yeah that my, my biggest argument for them is like viz with jojo's bizarre adventure so i really wanted to read jojo really really badly and i had watched the first season of jojo and then i said i'll go buy all the manga I'll buy every single set right now. They struggle to translate the sets every single time they're on. Like as they finish a season, they didn't even finish set five. They're still translating it. And they're also translating six. Like what the hell? Like I read all of the official Jojo via scans because there was no other way for me to consume that content. Yeah. And there's manga that's not even released in the United States. That's like impossible to read. Uh, one of my favorite mangas for a while, please don't judge me was uh how heavy are those dumbbells at your lift. And it's like a trash manga that definitely not that great, but it's all about like weightlifting and it's super cool. And I was reading that for a long time and I had to read it through a scan uh site because nobody's publishing it. I can't find it anywhere. Uh, it's a pain in the ass, and like, they could just release that on Viz or Crunchyroll or something, and then advertise it, and then I'll just subscribe to it. And someone's gonna be like, "Oh, well, they've already got it on Crunchyroll." Okay, well, it's a pain in the ass to figure out what Crunchyroll has available on it and what doesn't, because they don't feed that information. Like, I can't tell you the number of times I go to watch an anime, and like on iTunes, they've got this cool feature that will tell you where it's streaming if I try and find like a manga that I want to read, it's like I'm jumping through hoops. Like I think that DC and Marvel fucking crazy. They release all their comics on subscription services. And you know why they do that? Because it makes it so that people who made these crazy ass like illegal, like sites where they, you know, have all these comics that they read for free. They're like, Oh, we'll just do a digital subscription service. And then all your asses will just get that because it's way more convenient for you.
0: Yeah, God forbid you actually, like, evolve with the world. <laughs> yeah, and like, technology. They're so,
2: they're so dedicated, like, for the manga stuff, they're so dedicated to the printed issue of the manga that they would rather take away all this content from people and so you can't even fucking enjoy the stuff. They'd rather take it all away so that you can't have it because they don't want you to see it before they release it themselves. Yeah. Get a better process. They make a ton of money. It's not like Shueisha's struggling for money. Like that's definitely not true. One Piece is one of the biggest manga in the entire world, and they're like coming after people. It's like, come on.
1: Yeah, I think I think the whole reason that they don't, like that they don't release them earlier is just because of the print one. Because they know, like the the same thing used to happen like back in the day with anime was uh anime would take a lot longer to come out over here because like this was this was back in like the dvd days like they would take their time bringing anime here because it was a lot cheaper to buy anime in america than it was in japan so they they delayed they basically made it Take way longer for it to come out in America because they were they were concerned about people importing, and I'm sure their their whole thought process is probably, well, the Japanese fans are just gonna fucking like pull it off of the American stuff, then, which which is which is dumb. I, I think I think they need to like work on their shit too. Like I'm not defending it, but I'm sure that's why they're doing it. And like yeah. I'm I'm in the same boat as you with like some manga. Like one of my one series I really like, Hajime no Ippo. Has like I think it has like thirteen hundred chapters now or something. it's never gonna come out in America like they're not gonna translate all that i It's like you have to read it illegally because there is no way to like read it officially anywhere that's like
2: okay, I'm gonna be a real butthole about that because that's for them to not do it is bullshit because so I work in technology and work with technologies that are specifically built to read screens, point out text, and then change that text. So like, is it possible to create AI technology that literally live translates an entire comic? Absolutely. We have the technology to do it. And yes, am I just sitting here being like pocket developer, saying, oh, I know what to do. I'm just saying the technology exists so that they could automate a lot of this stuff And Hajime no Impo has got a shitload of chapters, but if you set a bot to just do all that work for you and then you just have someone come in and edit it to Yeah, like a proofreader,
0: like a copy editor. Like, oh, you can't say these words together because it sounds stupid. Let me just fix it.
2: And like, sure, that's a year's worth of work, but do you know how many passionate people that are doing all of this shit for free? Like, they're translating all of this stuff. Go to them and say, hey, we see that you're printing all these Hajime no impos help us do this so we can get this shit done. Fucking Capcom is using like pays artists in video games and dumb shit like that, which is absolute bullshit. And no one should ever work for any company for not, for no like financial gain. Like never do that. Like if you want to submit art to Capcom because you are really passionate about it, then fine. You do you. But I would never recommend anyone to do that kind of shit. But like the company that makes Hajime no Ippo, they could just say, "Hey, passionate people, you guys are doing this shit for free. We'll pay you, you know, whatever ten thousand dollars or twenty grand for your whole team to just knock this shit out in a month because you're super passionate." about it. I don't know. That's just me. I think there's yeah, a lot I of things. Would, that I would could like
1: be them done. to do that too. Like, um, I think in the past, like companies like Viz have hired fan translators to work on their manga and anime. Um, i i i never i would like to see like scan be hired more i never would want to see things become automated because i know that it might be hard to make a translation that doesn't sound really robotic and doesn't understand like the nuances of like you know like the culture like sometimes you like if there's a joke or a pun or something oh, i don't yeah. think a computer will be able to Translate and in a way that would make sense to an American.
2: Yeah. I'm saying more to do like the heavy lifting of the initial first yeah. pass and then have someone else go over it.
0: Yeah. Like, um, you know, you see that this kind of thing happen all the time with like, um, like uh one example we didn't talk about it we were supposed to talk about it last episode but like book of boba fett uh, i thought was interesting uh there's a spoiler should i do a fucking spoiler if you didn't watch it you didn't want to watch it so i'm gonna spoil it so uh fast forward 30 seconds if you don't want a book of boba fett spoiler uh luke skywalker shows up Da-da-da! Uh, but he, they use a man who um who does like a deep fake on his face um and they showed him in like uh the season two of the Mandalorian. They showed the same, but they didn't use the deepfake te- technology uh the first time, but this time they did, and it was like far more convincing. um And that's just sort of implementation of tools, just like with digital art. People have to used to have to draw cartoons and comics. Uh, you know everything by hand whereas now they have like all these tools that make it uh, you know obviously I'm, speak- I'm not a professional like we ha- we have one literally uh in this podcast but like uh you know it, it, everything you're able to streamline with technology now in a way that you know in in so many different ways this is like a good example of using machine learning technology and ai to help streamline that process and i I think you could do that much easier without like you said heather uh taking the life out of it in the culture with the you know (laughs) like the jokes like you could you you just wouldn't you'd be able to lose a lot of like john said a lot of the heavy lifting um by just getting a huge head start uh with with the technology like that
2: i think the technology is already being used to be honest i think that's already a thing it, it would make no sense if it wasn't.
0: Yeah, like, why but, wouldn't you use it?
2: <laughs> like, realistically, I so I had a friend of mine. I really wanted to read the Gundam Origin manga, and I bought all of it. Like, you can see all of the issues back there. So I have them. But I got really fucking mad because those books were like $40 a shot, and they're all black and white, which is fine. But they put colored pages on their website the entire Gundam, the origin for free. And I, I lost my shit. I was so mad. Cause I was like, come on, you guys, I bought all these fucking things for $40 a shot. And then you guys released, I would have paid a hundred dollars each if they were all colored, like with a, without a question.
0: So the ones you bought uh, were black and white, but they, they sold uh full color. No, they gave away
2: for free. They gave away for free. The entire Gundam, the origin on their website as the anniversary collection that you could, uh, as PDFs, oh. you could read on their website.
0: Okay. So, a fr- But you wanted to so, buy sorry. the physical versions? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: So my friend created an automated script that literally all it did was it went and it captured each page with a certain size capture of each page so I could put them all together in one compendium so I could just read the PDFs on my iPad. That was easier than having to read it that way which yeah. is like sort of a form of piracy. And it's fucked up. I didn't want to do it, but I would you have paid bought them. <laughs> but that's the thing. I would have paid them five times as much for all of those pages if they had originally given me that in color.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't think it's piracy if it was already free and you were just using it, like downloading it for personal use. Yeah, personal use yeah. I think is a
0: different thing. It's why it, you can it, it's why you can buy a CD but you can't make us a, a music video with you know the artist's tracks and shit.
2: Yeah, I the reason why I sort of see it as piracy is cuz people do that with magic cards a lot. So people will uh take an image capture of magic cards and then they'll go to uh card printing websites and they'll yeah. get the magic cards printed professionally by a card printing site. That's yeah, different that though. is different.
0: And you're, you, it's like a thing different. that you can use. It's like a, yeah,
2: which is pretty fucked up and pretty funny at the same time. Like people are like, oh, I won't pay eight hundred dollars for this card. I'm just gonna get official printing from this printing press. Yeah, it's like Jesus Christ.
0: Real life loot boxes, magic cards.
2: <laughs> All right, so peacemaker guys. Okay. I need to bring up some 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 things I've been thinking about, some critical thinking I've been thinking about while watching Peacemaker. I know you guys haven't seen it, but I'm very shocked. So DC, I don't really care about the DC movie cinematic universe very much. It's sort of struggled a lot in a lot of like they've had some quality issues with some of their movies. Yes. Uh like the Snyder cut stuff and the new Wonder Woman movie. Like the first one was super good and then the second one was like, What is going on? Uh and then like Suicide Squad. That movie was the first movie I ever walked out of my fucking own home to not watch. I thought it was terrible. The Suicide Squad. I literally walked out of my house. I was like, This movie's <laughs> so bad.
0: I need to touch grass.
2: I literally went, I took a walk. I just walked away. I was like, I just need to go do something else. I hate this. I could have just backed out, but I was so mad. I left and just, and then I came back and saw the last like two minutes of the movie. And I was like, oh, I missed nothing. Right. Because literally nothing happens. But the Suicide Squad, the new one was insane. Yeah. Uh it was cool. But, and I have a, it, this is like crazy, this like level of like thing I'm getting into here. So. Maker follows the same kind of like thing as the Suicide Squad, incredibly violent, crazy, and like really funny. And it's James Gunn, so that's what he does. But the thing I was thinking—sorry, that's my cat. Uh, so the thing that I'm getting to is, and I said this to uh, Brittany last night, was that Boba Fett oh. is a fucking badass and a fucking murderer.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: yet the book of Boba Fett <laughs> was a fucking joke. He was a fucking like a big squishy pillow that did nothing fucking violent to anyone.
0: I did not like, expect this Boba Fett turn on this peacemaker. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: no. Oh, yeah. So I, was, I got to thinking and I was like, I'm pretty sure Disney is fucking this whole franchise to death because they're disnifying fucking everything. Wait. Cause like that. when I watched that fucking Peacemaker, John Cena, like he fucks a lady like <laughs> that. Ha- and he just kills people. He just shoots them in the fucking head. He's just like, fuck you. Fuck you. And like Deadpool, same thing yeah. out of nowhere. Like, People are freaking out because Deadpool is like there's problems with Deadpool 3 and like they're mad at Disney. And it's like, I bet you Disney's saying you can't brutally murder people because guess what they didn't fucking do in the book of Bubba Gump fucking shrimp fat? He doesn't kill shit. He just hugs everyone and tries to be diplomatic about everything. Who the fuck cares? Kill some people. Why the fuck did the Mandalorians be like, oh, you betrayed our sect. And like, why did they try and kill him? They didn't fucking care.
0: I have a conspiracy theory about Boba Fett and the Mandalorian in general.
2: Is it a fever dream where everyone can't kill each other? And the only time anyone can ever die is if they're a super bad guy and they die off screen in some weird phantom ways.
0: No, it's like, not that.
2: It's it's fucking bad. It's really <laughs> bad. Like, think, think about when a character dies in and anything that's done by Disney that's a Star Wars thing.
0: Yeah. Or, or originally also. I mean- Let's not pretend that there's ever been, like, safe deaths in Star Wars that you can pretty much confirm everyone's dead. But I'm saying that Star
2: Wars was a lot more fucking violent, and holy shit. Also, I keep seeing, like, fucking clips of, like, old Mandalorian, like, shit from, like, I don't know, Disney's whatever shows they had before. Like, Bad Batch or whatever other shows there are. Mm -hmm. And, like, they show, like, videos of, like, dudes on Mandalore with their fucking helmets off, like, Tongue kissing, and you're like, okay, why the fuck was this a big deal in the fucking book of Boba Fett that he took his fucking helmet off once? They're like, oh man, you've done more for us than we've done for ourselves in literally like 20 years because we sat in this fucking hole and pounded metal. And now all of a sudden they're like, "Fuck off, you piece of shit! You're not fucking cool because you <laughs> took your fucking helmet off because you didn't even you didn't do it because you wanted to. You're bleeding out, and someone took it off for you to fucking save you. Like, fuck you, you fucking fucks!
0: Like <laughs> Heather, how long has he been going?
2: <laughs> like,
0: oh.
2: this is some bullshit. Like, come on. Like, I was like, okay, I'm totally cool with like a lot of this stuff, but like number one." kill the big dude with the sword because who the fuck cares? Why do you care? They're telling you to fuck off. So kill them all.
0: Like which big dude.
2: When they was like, he's like, I'm going to take the sword from you because oh, you're a okay. big bitch. Yes. And he's like, okay. And then he fucking just like, ugh, I'm not going to kill you now. Cause I'm a big bitch too. Because Disney's <laughs> fucking pays our paychecks. And then like fucking the, like I could tell in the last few episodes of the fucking Mandalorian or not of the book of Boba Fett that they artificially sped up all the fucking vehicles because the fucking episode with the stupid mobility scooters was like the slowest fucking chases on the planet. (laughs) So if you watch everything afterwards, they literally sped up the scenes to make the vehicles move faster because they move too slow and they look like shit. Right. (laughs) Like, literally, you see characters fast forward. Like, people move faster because they fast... It's fucking crazy. I, I I know I'm on a soapbox here just yelling at the sky, but <laughs> holy shit, Disney, you are fucking killing this shit, and it's wild to see in real time. Like- I'm waiting for fucking Spider-Man to be like, "Oh, I can't punch people anymore because Disney." I'll break out into song. We'll sing together and defeat. We're getting into
0: boomer territory here. It is too far. (laughs) Back in my day, Spider-Man could punch people. Okay, Um, uh, a lot of what you said, I feel like there is there's merit for sure. Um, First off, I'll open with my conspiracy theory about Boba Fett and The Mandalorian. Uh, back when production on The Mandalorian went, it started, back when that happened, there was still going to be a Boba Fett movie directed by Colin Trevorrow. Uh, That movie got canceled. So I think when they were writing The Mandalorian, they were like, well, we can't do anything with Boba Fett. So let's do an analog, like a similar character to Boba Fett, but not exactly Boba Fett. Once all that was canceled, I'm pretty sure they're like, oh shit, we have basically cooler Boba Fett what are we going to do with the original Boba Fett because now we get to use him and then that created the clusterfuck that is two basically the same versions of the same show that's my conspiracy but it's theory.
2: definitely not because that shit is so that ain't Boba Fett that's like some fucking weird clone they found that's very defective literally, uh,
0: he's literally a clone uh but also i know i'm saying they
2: found a <laughs> defective clone laying next to the corpse of the real Boba Fett and they were like I guess this is the boba fett and he's like I am I am and they're like they're like and he's got like a tag on him that says like from camino that's like please dispose of do not resuscitate right. do not allow to be alive cuz he's a bad boba fett and he's like no I'm good I'm good trust me I'm not a stormtrooper that can't shoot for shit Yeah Sorry, sorry, both of you. I have, I'm very passionate about this. And I, was okay. very, I was very frustrated. And it was crazy going from watching Peacemaker and being like, wow, that was fucking real violent and holy shit, uh, to being like, wow, Boba Fett sucked ass.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I think a lot of it was, I think, uh, a lot of it was di- directorial intent. Uh, like Robert Rodriguez has a very specific style, um, yeah, he's so, super violent. Well, no, it's it's that in some cases, but in the other cases, it's like Spy Kids. That's his, like his baby.
2: <laughs> Is it really? I didn't realize yes. that.
0: that. Yes, like he has like two very distinct sides. And like, <laughs> and I, I I made a joke on Twitter, like the very last episode was like, oops, all, all homages. Uh, because like every shot, I feel like was an homage to something else. So like- this is obviously a huge loop, like a, a tangent, and I feel like I might need to time stamp this <laughs> so if people want to skip like Boba Fett talk. But getting back to like your original thrust of it with Disney sort of uh, disney everything and not like, you know, putting handcuffs on everybody to where they can't go any farther than like outside of like a kid's tone. Um, I agree that that can be stifling. Um, and I, I hope that they there's an option to, in the future, have a show or a movie or anything that's in the Disney wheelhouse that doesn't have to explicitly and specifically cater to children. That'd be nice if they were able to do that. And you'd think they would have done that with Boba Fett being... Uh, well,
2: because it's on Disney Plus, I don't think they can. Oh, God, boxer.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, the other thing is that if you follow the clone wars and all that, like you mentioned, it is not far outside of Boba Fett's character, his depiction on the show. But I do think there was a lot of like weird, dumb missteps like, and just like, I, I am not as big of a fan of the writing, uh, of the book of Boba Fett. Like I, I, I overall, it was not, you know, I didn't hate that I watched it, but it's definitely not my favorite piece of star Wars media. Um, and I like the Mandalorian a lot more. I feel like it's got its more its own like identity. And uh I've heard it said before, but I, I had the thought independently on my own that the book of Boba Fett would have worked great as like an hour and a half, two hour movie, and then the episodes that diverged from Boba Fett material would have been much better as its own standalone thing as well. I think Yeah, I, I think, think that the it was just too much Hods- all at once.
2: I think the Han Solo thing kind of fucked everything up.
0: The Han Solo thing, yeah, like the movie, the solo movie. The like solo movie? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Disney's made a lot of bad decisions, in my opinion, when it comes to Star Wars. But you know, they they're cru- they've always crushed it with Marvel, and like, I just feel like they're they're kind of <laughs> ruining Star Wars. Which uh, you know, if you depending on who you ask, Star Wars has been ruined since like Empire Strikes Back. So like it's a big enough IP that there's going to be something for everybody, but that means that a lot of what they're going to make is going to, you know, be the opposite of what some people come to star Wars for. But, uh, you can find more of that talk on our second podcast, trash Starcast, where we only talk about star Wars, uh, coming, uh, you know, December, 2022. Uh, is there anything else you needed to get off your chest about star Wars right right now? I'm. okay i'll
2: be honest with you i'm totally fine now i just i came to that realization last night and i i was stewing about it and i was like i don't know where i'm going to talk about this or who who's going to actually give a shit about this at all you but just man, needed to ejaculate really, this information I, yes right into <laughs> unfortunately your ears
0: <laughs> right into my open and willing ears well good i'm i'm, I'm glad um christ well we are uh we got a couple more things that are pretty important to talk about uh and we'll wrap up here um we can start i guess with uh, sony bot bungie so that's a pretty huge thing especially for me being that destiny is by far in a way the most i uh, engage with video games uh and it kind of brought me back into the whole everything but uh destiny is my game and it it will be i will uh as I've heard uh my good friend whoop and say i'm gonna ride this burning ship into the ground like d- until it is destroyed and it's gone um oh, so
2: then you're gonna stop playing it then now
0: <laughs> no uh like um so I was skeptical initially and still kind of am about Sony buying Bungie because Bungie made a big deal of being an independent company now, like when they when they got out of Activision and whatnot before that they were with uh microsoft obviously making halo um so like it's scary that they are not in full control of their own destiny um where they they like they willingly gave that up to uh be bought for like three point whatever million dollars billion dollars rather billion um which you know, uh, and the more you read about the actual deal itself, the more it's like a like, wh- Why is this good for Sony? Like, what? What is the reason that they would do this? Because it seems like it's just going to be Bungie being able to do whatever they want. They just have a couple billion extra now, um, and you know, whatever they release, they get to slap Sony SIE on it. Um, but Sony then announced that it will be releasing like ten live service games in the next couple years um they have the plans to do that so having one of the most if not the most uh successful live service companies there uh to help them shepherd this project makes a lot of sense the uh you know they're they're right there in the building they can walk across the hall and ask these people who have done this thing very successfully for years now like hey how do how do we make this work how do we make this effective uh what's the secret sauce and Bungie knows so makes sense i'm nervous because now someone can be like hey why don't you put this gun in the game that you can only use if you're playing on playstation which they've said that there's that's not a thing you can do that's not what they're interested in doing and that there's never going to be any uh, uh, you know, in the at least in the near future, there's not going to be anything that is like, and and crossplay is still going to be a thing. You're still going to be able to play it wherever you can play it right now. Um, but I mean, you know, Sony can change the mind. They own them now, so it's it's scary. But I I am less nervous than I was initially because it's just scary when all these giant companies are buying all the smaller ones. That's never that's always you know, a scary thing
2: you know what companies did really well and they got bought out and so they had creative control of all of their shit.
0: Hmm. Uh,
2: Bioware and, uh, uh, dice. Hmm. They're doing real good now,
0: aren't they? They did extra bad, but also like the, uh, who insomniac, uh, they're still crushing it. And, uh, you know, like a couple of other ones. I don't have any names on my, on my dome right now, but it seems like Sony kind of does this right. Um, they and uh they they kind of give the artists room to make the game. Which rest is in all peace, I want.
2: Japan Studios, rest in peace. Oh, I'm uh, so I'm still so Sony, sad about that. Sony Europe and SingStar. Uh what else is Sony? The wipeout team.
0: Yeah. Well, as of late. <laughs> I, I think things have been on the right path. And uh Witch Queen is coming out next week. I wanna do a lot of talking about that, but uh we'll we'll get to that eventually. Um, so I'm very uh, hopeful and excited for the future of Bungie. Uh, I'm staring at a giant like Destiny wall of all the Destiny stuff. Uh, I love Destiny so much. I just wanted to. I want everything to be okay. And I'm scared, but uh, I'm less scared now. I think. I think it's. I think it's gonna be fine. Uh, Elden Ring is also coming. We are uh at the 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 dawn of Elden Ring coming. Uh, and I will now defer to Heather on this one.
1: Well, I I won't talk too much about like everything about Elden Ring because I I feel like I've kind of gone into it here and there in the past. But the main thing I wanted to talk about was the PC requirements came out, and there's there's been a lot of talk about it online because, at least in my opinion, they're weirdly high. And I I've heard the argument: well, it's a next gen game; games are just going to have higher requirements now, but you want to know what game didn't have this high requirement that is a next-gen game? Fucking Cyberpunk. <laughs> like, I mean, you you can talk all you want about Cyberpunk's problems, but it's like, um, it, it's weird to me that the minimum specs for Elden Ring are higher than the minimum specs for Cyberpunk, when it's like, I, I actually had very few issues running Cyberpunk on my machine. I ran at 60 FPS with, like, mostly late-medium settings, and... I'm just confused how Elden Ring is a PS4 title and it's going to have like rec- have recommended 12 gigs of RAM which I mean isn't a big deal for me cuz I have 32. My main like I've already talked to John about it a bunch like my CPU is actually the only thing that is not within the recommended requirements like my CPU is actually I think it's like equal to the minimum but I'm, I'm just confused about, about the whole thing, because it's like, even, even if you say, well, it's a next-gen game, it's, it, it, it's a PS4 game still, and it's a FromSoft game, which I, if you're playing, if, if you're playing FromSoft games for technical achievements, you're, you're probably not much of an actual FromSoft fan, because Sekiro, which only came out a few years, like, I think like two or three years ago, um, FromSoft's last title, you could play that game with like a GTX 760. So I I think like the people that are all well, it's a next gen game. People should all expect it to require beefy systems. I I think they don't really know FromSoft's histories. So it's like FromSoft isn't like a big graphics developer like. So for me, it was really surprising. Like, I think my computer will still run it fine. Like, I have, I have a 1070, which is above the 1060 minimum, and I have 32 gigs of RAM. My, my, my very old i7 is the only thing I'm a little concerned about, because they say that it isn't in the minimum requirements, but looking at uh, CPU benchmark comparisons, I should be fine, but... That's all I had to say about it. Like, I I think it's, I think they're weirdly high for what we're getting, especially like even for open world games. Like, um, most recently Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Cyberpunk both had lower, um, minimum and recommended specs. I think like Cyberpunk's only got really crazy if you were looking to do like 4K and ray tracing. Yeah. I think
2: the thing is, is like, I was saying this before, is I think there's a, there's a marketing reason to do it because <clears throat> the developers are obviously paid by the manufacturers of this hardware. GPUs are not being as advertised as much only because they're so hard to get that the demand is just there. So they don't even need to advertise because everyone's just advertising already. Um, but like people tend not to upgrade uh, CPUs and RAM as often in motherboards. Those are usually like something you buy, you know, every few years or maybe longer uh you know i have an an i5 3470k which is i think a year and a half older than your card or your chip heather and it runs just fine i run vr games on i played half life alex on that wow uh, yeah so like you know and that said it could not run it uh and i was playing everything on that with no frame dips at all i wasn't getting sick in it no issues. So the thing is, is it's like you really have to like parse through that kind of stuff. And also like but with all the automated tools they've built, like I was, was talking about NVIDIA GeForce Experience, uh, that's great. Uh, I've already future proof myself with just grabbing uh, a streaming service. And then if my computer can't run it, I'm just going to stream it or I'll buy it on the consoles. Because the thing is, here's here's the biggest thing. Heather, your PC is more powerful than the PS5.
1: Well, my, my GPU is not because I can't do... Because the 1070 doesn't support ray tracing like the PS5 does. But honestly, like, I, I really don't care about ray tracing. It's whatever. Like It's pretty, but I, I care more about frame rate. Like, I made a joke especially... that I can't
0: see it. And it's probably like a superpower that I can't see it.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't notice it. Like, it's going to save I me so much this. money. I played Ratchet and Clank with uh, the the ray tracing performance mode and I couldn't tell you the difference like is it just I think it's just the way that it processes the shading or lighting or whatever it's mostly like, like light I, rays I just so want 60 FPS so I don't care about ray tracing
0: I played Spider-Man with it on and it looked it looked great uh, but yeah you know but if the game
2: looks good what the fuck does it even matter if the light rays look good
0: Destiny doesn't have ray tracing and it looks great
2: but that's, that's it. Like, I'll tell you the best time I've ever seen ray tracing was in a piece of shit game. I was playing seven days to die, which I fucking love. That game is so good, but it looks like it looks pretty bad. The graphics are not good, but it has ray tracing in it. And I had ray tracing on and the beams of light were so pretty. I was like. It was like jaw dropping because the game wow. looks like shit and <laughs> these massively beautiful <laughs> rays of light are just <laughs> shining out of the fucking sky. You're like okay, I guess. You can that do it in sense. Minecraft
0: now too, can't you?
1: Yeah, you can.
2: No. Okay.
1: Why? Are, okay. are we doing a whole thing Minecraft with ray tracing on, John? What kind of gamer are you? Okay. <laughs>
2: so first off, you cannot play Minecraft with friends on multi platform with ray tracing. So if I want to play Minecraft with my friends on Switch or on Xbox or PC or whatever, I can't. If I play with only people on PC, I can't. And then like really nice ray tracing things are on the uh, Java version of
0: Minecraft.
2: So, which is not multi-platform. So I want to play with all my friends, which is super convenient on the Windows version. Which is great. I love it. It's so much fun. I have a Minecraft server. I got a ton of friends in there that play it all the time. It's amazing. But the Java version, I can't do that in. Well, I, I could, but only people on PC could play it. And that's not as fun. Uh, And I I just want to enable ray tracing on my PC version. with the, I don't know. It's really dumb. And Microsoft made some weird concessions to make ray tracing work. Why can't ray tracing not be enabled? Uh, I don't know. It's just dumb. The whole thing is dumb. That's silly. Yeah. And then it used to be tied exclusively to only three levels that you could only mm-hmm. play those three levels. And that was it. It was
0: stupid. Isn't it, isn't it sort of classic for Minecraft though, that the features that Java has eventually go to windows 10 Java's almost like the test market for, for uh, Minecraft? They're parallel right now. Okay. Yeah.
2: So they've been parallel for the last s- few months since the caves uh, and cliffs updates came out.
0: Wow. Okay. Damn. Yep. That's recent. Yeah, in it's Minecraft cool. standards. Yeah, that's cool.
2: Y'all should be playing Minecraft because that game is so much fun.
0: I think I still have it downloaded. I might.
2: You should jump in our server. We got so many cool people in there.
0: I play Minecraft like a, like a five-year-old. I just go and I dig a hole and I keep digging until I hit the ground. And then I dig more and then I, I, I quit. That's how I play my, Minecraft.
2: My whole specialty in any of these games is uh, resource gathering. So mm-hmm. I'm very good at
0: digging really big holes. That's my favorite part. That's what I like about Minecraft. I'll dig some holes for you, John.
2: I would love it if you dig some holes for me. <laughs> perfect. I got a big hole for you to dig in.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. I love the <laughs> wink. It's perfect. It's an audible wink because you clicked with your mouth when you did it. It's perfect for podcasting. That's how you wink exactly. for a podcast. Um, Excellent. I think this is a successful episode. What say you folks. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon the Bard. Uh, you can find the podcast itself at Trash Mobcast on Twitter. And uh, what about you folks? Heather, you first. Fuck you, John.
1: Oh, you can just find me Angie Nisio, on Twitter.
0: And John, now it's your turn.
1: Hollow Schematic
2: on Twitter. And I've got some other things. It's all just Schematic. I just keep it the same.
0: Cool. Uh, everywhere you want, f- everywhere he wants you to find him. That's that's where you do it. Um, we will have another episode soon. Thank you for listening to this one. Uh, if you have not done it yet, uh, it is great greatly helpful. It is greatly helpful uh, if you leave us reviews uh, wherever you listen. If you, uh, you can actually do that on Spotify now as a feature they recently Ooh. did. So if you listen on Spotify, leave us a review there or wherever you listen to us. Uh, very helpful. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your mom definitely tell your mom uh, about the podcast and (laughs) and uh yeah it would be bring those things into
2: this podcast brandon
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh we'd love it very much uh thank you uh please reach out to us if you want to talk to us about video games uh we will see you guys on the next episode goodbye Bye. bye